Welcome back inside the CKDJ studios right here for a live edition of Wrestling With Ideas on CKDJ 107.9 Ottawa's new music. How's it going, guys? It's Colin the Music Man Scully here. And as I said, it was or this is episode 112. This is currently the 5th of July 2018, and we've got a lot to talk about this week. So let's just get straight into it. All right, so the first thing that I want to guys, I want to let you guys know about is my plan for what's going to be happening on the show going forward. So in terms of what the podcast is going to be looking like going on towards sort of later, um, I want to do sort of a network of shows on uh, Wrestling With Ideas on the Podbean account. So every Friday is going to be uploaded, um, the the radio show is going to be uploaded every Friday. So what you're hearing right now will be uploaded at some point tomorrow. At so, yeah, at some point tomorrow. And then every Saturday, there's going to be a show that I'm going to start starting next week called This Week in Wrestling. Now, apart from the other news stuff that I'm going to be looking at, as well, I'm going to be featuring the weekly television show, the weekly wrestling television show results. So what, you're going to, what that means is there's going to be the results from Monday Night Raw, SmackDown, NXT, Ring of Honor, uh, Impact... And anything else that I'm missing that I can't remember right now. And on the Sunday, there's going to be a pay-per-view review that's going to be uploaded again starting next week, every week. Now, I'll give a little spoiler to that. I am going through the process of watching all of the World Championship Wrestling WCW NWA on the WWE Network. So I'm going to be uploading my weekly pay-per-view reviews on whatever pay-per-view that I happen to be watching on that given Sunday. Now, in terms of WrestlingWithIdeas.com as well, uh, that just started. I'm going to get that going. Um, on that website, I'm going to be doing as-watched reviews of the, like, written reviews of the WCW television shows. So, like, Nitro, Saturday Night, WCW Pro, WCW Thunder, um, as well as written pay-per-views of the current shows. So my first written pay-per-view of the, any current show that's going to be happening is going to be of the upcoming Extreme Rules pay-per-view that's going to be happening on July 15th. But before that, this coming Saturday marks the beginning of the G1 Climax uh, with their special at the Cow Palace in San Francisco. I'm going to be doing a live. I'm going to be tweeting live throughout that show as well as doing a written pay-per-view of it after. Now, as, um, as I mentioned before back on the website... There's also going to be some opinion pieces. Now, these opinion pieces are going to be different insanely in terms of who writes them. So I'm going to have some up there as well. But um, the man with no excuses, Jonathan Skuse, is also going to be having his opinion pieces up there. Now, the first opinion piece that he's written, I'll spoil, uh, I won't give any spoilers, um, but it's about... Uh, uh, I'm not a huge fan of the wrestler that he wrote about, and he knows that I'm not a huge fan of the wrestler that uh, he wrote about. Um, And I think part of the reason why that he wrote about him is just because he knows that I don't like him. But he might be calling in later on on in the show. Uh, But first, before we get to any calls that you guys may have, I'm going to be doing a match review slash match reaction because I've actually never seen this match live. We're going to be looking at DDP and David Arquette versus Jeff Jarrett and Eric Bischoff at the April 26th, 2000 episode of WCW Thunder. Now, this match as well is for the WCW Championship. 
So let's see what's going on in this. Belt around his wing, but here we go. Jeff Jarrett and Eric Bischoff. All right, so we see Jeff Jarrett and Eric Bischoff coming on, coming out onto the stage here. It's going to be interesting to see who wins this, though, because I've actually, like I like I had mentioned before, I've never seen this match. Got the South Park sign up there. I'll link this to uh, the po- I'll link the link to this match on the podcast. It's going to be out tomorrow. Jeff Jarrett and his typical slap nuts uh, tank top there. By the way, guys, I'm going to be opening up the phone lines as soon as this match is over. You guys can get your you can guys get your questions ready, get anything ready that you want to talk about, and call in as soon as I give the cue at 613-750-2535. This, uh, now as I understand it, at this point in WCW, the um, the quality of the wrestling wasn't exactly the best. All right, now we've got actually David Arquette and DDP coming down to the ring can somebody at this point whether you tweeted at me or whether you call in and let me know what the hell is with David Arquette in WCW that's a question that I have for you guys so if you guys know because I've I haven't made it to this point in my quest on watching everything WCW on the WWE Network so it's kind of interesting to see a guy like David Arquette because I thought he was a big movie guy or something like that I don't know. Alright, so... You see the match just about to get going here. Ring announcer's wondering what's going on. The ref... I forgot the ref actually isn't in the ring at this point. So let's just see who the ring who the referee is going to be. They haven't announced anything yet. Oh, okay. Um if you guys can hear the music, you guys will know that this is the music of Kimberly. And it appears that Kimberly is wearing a wrestling referee's well, it's more of a sports bra than anything else. But um, I don't know what to think of this. It looks like Kimberly is going to be the special guest referee for this match. As mentioned, this match is for the WCW World Heavyweight Championship, the big gold belt. And just a little bit of a promo here for next week's edition of Wrestling With Ideas. I did an interview earlier today with Dave Milliken. Now, that name may sound familiar to some of you guys. Uh, Dave Milliken is actually the one that put together the big gold belt. All right, now we've got the match underway here. Kimberly doesn't really look like she knows what she's doing. We've got Eric Bischoff and David Arquette outside the ring right now. Eric Bischoff is throwing David Arquette into the guardrail on the side of the entrance ramp. Now, we've got DDP and Jeff Jarrett. DDP's throwing him into the ring. David Arquette now with a shot to the back of Eric Bischoff. All right, now Eric Bischoff and David Arquette going off to the side. Now we've got Jeff Jarrett and DDP in the middle of the ring. DDP with a knee to the gut. 
Reverse snap DDT almost. Kimberly doesn't know what the hell she's doing. She's trying to decide if she should count or not. One. Oh, and now she's checking her nails. Because that's, that's what wrestling referees do, right? They check their nails in the middle of a count. All right. Punch to the face. Reversal by DDP. DDP with some more shots to the face. Irish whip. Reversal by Jeff Jarrett. DDP in position for a powerbomb. And he sits him down. Kimberly trying to decide if she should count or not, but it's not going to happen. She, she doesn't look like she wants to count. She doesn't want to ruin her nails by slapping her fingers and her hand on the mat there. DDP now explaining what the role of a referee is. All the while, Jeff Jarrett is currently beating him up in the corner. Irish whip. Sunset flip into almost sort of a power bomb, but Jeff Jarrett reverses it. DDP reverses that, and it doesn't seem like Kimberly exactly wants DDP to win this match. Why this is not, why that isn't the case, I don't know. Jeff Jarrett with a DDT in the middle of the ring. Jeff Jarrett goes for the count. One, two. Oh, so she counts faster for Jeff Jarrett than she does for DDP. What the hell is this? Eric Bischoff, after finishing up David Arquette, is coming down to the is coming down to the ring, almost looking like an airplane here. Jeff Jarrett was stomps to DDP. Forgot this was a tag match. Jeff Jarrett actually just tagged Eric Bischoff in. Eric Bischoff with an Irish whip to DDP, knee to the gut. Jeff Jarrett going up to the top rope here. Tag to DD, tag to uh, Jeff Jarrett, my bad. Attacking him in the corner is Jeff Jarrett, him being DDP. Kimberly just in the back trying to look, I don't know. DDP almost staring at uh, Kimberly, trying to get Jeff Jarrett to get off of him. Continuing the assault on DDP is Jeff Jarrett. Tag to Eric Bischoff. Eric Bischoff enters the ring now. It's almost looking like they're the double team Irish whip comes off DDP with a double clothesline to both Eric Bischoff and Jeff Jarrett punch to the face of D of Jeff Jarrett punch to the face of Eric Bischoff hits him in the face again both of these guys have gone down now David Arquette looking a little worse for wear but he's making his way down back to the ring Jeff Jarrett almost looking like a zombie straight out of the walking dead or uh David Arquette rather almost looking like a zombie straight out of the walking dead DDP pushed off into Kimberly, and Kimberly is being kissed by DDP. David Arquette with a spear. Jeff Jarrett hits DDP in the head with the title. David Arquette with the pin on Eric Bischoff. A real ref is coming in right now. One, two, three. David Arquette just won the WCW Championship. What just happened? David... David, no. Did... Did... Did that just actually happen? David Arquette... Out of all people, David Arquette wins the WCW Championship. I'm not going to say anything else about this other than the fact that that, my friends, is exactly what happens when you have Vince Russo in charge of your booking. 
So now, well, I, I am going to open up the phone lines now. But there was a question that was given to me. So you, yeah, before I get to the question, you guys can call in right now at 613-750-2535 if you guys have any questions for me. Or if you guys can give me a little bit of an update on why David Arquette was even in WCW in the first place. But anyways, on to the question. Before we get to his doctor's orders segment, Dr. Bob sent me a question today. And the question, and his question was, why do wrestling fans hate, why do so many wrestling fans hate other wrestling fans? Now, there could be the joke answer and go, because they hate a specific superstar, yada, yada, whatever. I think most of it has to deal, honestly, with sort of the bias towards other promotions. Something that comes to mind right now is especially um, the hatred, like the Monday Night Wars, right? Let's pick the Monday Night Wars as, as an example. Throughout the Monday Night Wars, there were fans that had the signs in the crowd saying WCW sucks for WWE shows, and then in WCW shows, it was the reverse. If you're asking me why I think WWE, why I think wrestling fans hate other wrestling fans it's merely just because of the fact that the promotions not necessarily well I mean not even necessarily promotions but let's use that as an example uh the promotions that the specific fans cheer for might not exactly be as well liked as some of the other wrestling promotions that some of the other fans are cheering for so in closing for that Dr. Bob a uh, great question by the way it's kind of interesting to see I am not sure what to do now. Let's just go to some other questions that people might or might not have. I'm not seeing any other questions here. So yeah, just as a, just as a little reminder, the phone lines are open. If you guys want to call in at 613-750-2535. Uh, so yeah. We're going to take a quick commercial break, but when we get back, I am going to be playing, well, I'm going to wait for some calls if there are any, uh, but when we come back after the phone calls, we're going to be playing the second edition of Doctor's Orders. This is CKDJ1079, Ottawa's new music. This is Take the State Roberts. You know what you're listening to, don't you? Yeah, wrestling with ideas. Here's one idea for sure, though. You don't play with snakes. If you do... Be a bit. Welcome back inside the CKDJ studios right here for Wrestling With Ideas on CKDJ 1079, Ottawa's new music. As always, I am the music man, Colin Scully. Now again, little reminder that the phone lines are open. You can call in at 613-750-2535. Now, just a little bit of a note on the last uh, match there. I've checked. Oh, looks like we've got some calls in. Let's check to see who's calling in here. Hello, you're on the air. How's it going? Hey, Scully, it is the man with no excuses calling from his home, standing on two legs, not one. How's it going? It's going pretty well. Your uh, connection's a little funny there, but uh, we can work through it. How's it going, Jonathan? Oh, it's going much better. I'm just calling in to let everybody know that not only am I just crazy on the air, but I'm also crazy at writing wrestling articles. 
And I've got one coming up on your website very shortly. You do. Now, as I mentioned in the first segment there, um, the, the article's about Roman Reigns. Now, I have a question for you. Was the article on Roman Reigns written purely out of spite for me not liking Roman Reigns? I'd say that's only about maybe 10%. I know you don't like Roman Reigns, but I trust that I did not pick this subject because it would anger you. I was actually at work the other day listening to some Bruce Pritchard podcast, and in the back of my head, I was just thinking, how do we get Roman Reigns over? And it just hit me. Good God, pal. So I had to write an article about it because I'd like to try my hand at some stuff like that. And, well, as you can tell when it comes on the website, you can judge for yourself as to what crazy direction I take Roman Reigns in this week. Yeah, so as you mentioned... The article for the listeners is about how Jonathan Skews, the man with no excuses, believes that the creative department of WWE can get Roman Reigns over. With everybody. With everybody, that's right. Now, um, were you watching Monday Night Raw this past Monday night? Yes, I was, and I must say that I was left very mild after very certain matches that I might not agree with. Right. Now, um, there was one thing that struck me that I immediately messaged you as it was happening. Um, there was a very specific program that WC, uh, WCW, the WWE ran about five years ago, I believe it was now, uh, with Daniel Bryan and Kane. Now, they just recently now, reunited. Yeah, now that we see that they're just recently reunited, there's something else um, that just made... Well, there's someone else that just made his return. Uh, Dr. Shelby is now back on WWE television. But Jonathan, why don't you tell the fans why? As this is not for the reason that they may think. Well, even though Team Hellno has recently reunited and Dr. Shelby is most famously known for dealing with Kane and Daniel Bryan's anger management issues, we're taking it to a different couple this time. We got Dr. Shelby doing some anger management counseling with best friends, perhaps? Sasha Banks and Bailey. Right. Now, I've got a question for you there, Jonathan. All right. There was something that was tweeted out recently by actually. I can't even remember who the tweet was about. Forget everything here. Do you have any questions for me? Yes, I do. I've got two questions for you and one side note. My first question for you is, what do you think the end game is going to be for the Finn Balor-Baron Corbin angle that's coming up? Honestly, it could go either way. I was watching Raw this past Monday night, and I think you saw the tweet that I put out, where it was like, I didn't believe... I could. When I saw Baron Corbin cut that promo that he cut about... Um, I can't remember what it was, but I had tweeted out that I, did, I couldn't believe that there was a promo that that it was possible to be worse at promos than Roman Reigns. But after seeing that promo that Baron Corbin cut on Monday night, I believe that Baron Corbin is arguably worse at promos than than Roman Reigns. But to answer the question about what the end game is, uh, I can honestly see either Finn Balor beating the crap out of Baron Corbin at a TGI Fridays, like, you know how a couple, I think it was maybe 10 years ago, 20, 10, 15 years ago, there was the supermarket match between Stone Cold Steve Austin and Booker T? Yeah, that was a famous segment on Raw. Yep, so they're going to do the same thing with Finn Balor and Baron Corbin, but inside of a TGI Fridays. That'd be pretty cool. I, I'd love to see creative taking that direction. 
Alright, and you said you had two questions as well, I think? Yes. If you could put one tough SOB from New Japan Pro Wrestling that is a part-timer and one tough SOB from WWE, who is also a part-timer in a cage match on television, who would win between Minoru Suzuki and Brock Lesnar? Uh, I would hope that Minoru Suzuki would win, but you think, uh, you it depends. Well, I mean... It depends. Yeah. Now, I have a question about this, though. Is this on a WWE show or an NJPW show? This is an indie show that is neither, because I want it to be a nice, clean playing field. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I would say Suzuki would win only for the reason that Brock Lesnar at indie shows doesn't work. No. No. You don't think he doesn't show up to Raw? He wouldn't show up to an indie show? He wouldn't buy count out? No. He wouldn't even... I don't know. Yeah, that's some creative booking, man. Yeah. Do you, and you said you had a side note, too? Yeah. Who's your favorite Paul? Paul Bear or Paul E. Dangerously? Uh, now, I was texting you while I was watching, I think it was Great American Bash, either 88 or 89, and I was watching the uh, Tux match between Paul E. Dangerously and uh, Jim Cornette. Um... I gotta, I gotta be honest with you. I'm not used to seeing Paul Heyman E. Dangerously, whatever you want to call him, with as much hair as he had back in the late ni- uh, late '80s. So just for that reason, I am gonna say that Paul E. Dangerously is my favorite Paul, just for the reason that Paul Heyman looks scarier without the hair than he does with the big whatever he had. Was Paul Bear one of the options? Oh, you said Paul Bearer or Paul E. Dangerously? Yeah! Oh, Jesus. I thought you said Paul Heyman. I thought you were talking about, like, which no. which era of Heyman. Okay. I, I did not say Paul Heyman for that specific gimmick. I want Not the person. I want to know the gimmick. Oh, Paul Bearer, then, by far. Oh, God! <laughs> now, uh... Right. You have an excellent radio show, my friend, and stay tuned to the website for this upcoming article. That's right. Wrestlingwithideas.com will feature the debut of Jonathan Skews as a writer that is published. Th- John, thanks for calling in, man. We look forward to having you again on the show someday. No problem. I'd be uh, glad to be back, pal. Yeah, no problem. See you. Uh, All right. All right. Jonathan Skews. Now, as I mentioned before, this is the debut episode, or the second episode, rather, of Doctor's Orders. So let's listen into that. This is CKDJ1079. Wrestling with Ideas on CKDJ 1079, Ottawa's new music. I am the man they call the music man. I was always calling, I almost said the man they call Gibby. I am not Gibby. Um, I am the music man Colin Scully. And welcome inside. Thank goodness you're doctor's not Doctor's office. Here is Doctor's Orders. Week two. Now, of course, in the first week, episode 111 of Wrestling with Ideas, Dr. Bob, you talked about the Sandman versus Goldberg match. What match do you have for us this week? Now we're doing, that was in WCW. Now we're uh, delving over to ECW. So the interesting bit about this, uh, Gibby, is that it was ah. Spike, <laughs> Spike Dudley uh, during his heyday. Now we a lot of people know more from his WWE run, of course. He had a big run here with the Dudley boys, but uh, he was run to the litter. Before that, uh, he was little Spike Dudley. Obviously the pun there, or the play on words, I guess, LSD. Um, is kind of why he wore the tie-dye, why he was so just weird. His finisher was even the acid drop. 
And so he had all those uh, uh, little kishi uh, drug references, I guess. But all that aside, he um, started getting really big because he was feuding with Bam Bam Bigelow when Bigelow was in ECW for a little right. bit. Um, got the giant killer moniker too. And for a little bit, Spike Dudley was on a tear where he, part of it was that he was beating much, much, much bigger men to kind of push him as valid against him. Almost, like almost like a Daniel Bryan versus Big Cass or the uh, 2018. <laughs> Big Cass, who's that? Yeah. I feel like I remember that name somewhere. Yeah, um, uh, so Spike Dudley uh, was beating giants at this point, the giant killer. Now, what's super interesting about this is um, kind of old school fans, I think, will remember Kamala. Right. Um, awesome, awesome Wait. character. Uh, Jim Harris, I believe. And uh, he, he had different, uh, different monikers uh, like sh- Sugar, Sugar Bear Harris, all this stuff, uh, just going from memory. But his biggest um, sort of acclaim was here as Kamala. Now, I think there's a little dispute how it got started, but the, the, the story I hear very often is that Giant Kamala 2, or just Kamala 2, um, was, had different gimmicks before this. It was made by Abdullah the Butcher because Abdullah and Kamala won. Jim Harris, the most notable one that you see everywhere, didn't get along. So he pulled this thing where I'm just going to take your gimmick and make a number two. Kind of to hurt him, to use him in tag matches, this and that, all this stuff. Whether or not they got along after this, I'm not quite sure. But that's what I hear. Anyhow, um, Kamala 2 is in this. Here in ECW, he had a short run for a little bit under a year. He came in as a Uganda which is kind of funny because that's where Kamala was supposed to be from. So they just dropped Giant Kamala too, just called him Uganda. It's Spike Dudley versus Uganda. Uh, I've watched the match a whole bunch of times for some crazy reason. It might be one of the few Spike Dudley squashes where he's the winner. Um, and so he comes in as a giant killer. Um, his gimmick at that point too was that not only did he beat giants, but he squashed them. So it was kicked to the, to the nether regions or gut. And his uh, Spike Dudley drop, his Dudley, uh, what do they call it? The Dudley Dudley Dog, I believe, or something in WWE. But back then it was the acid drop. Um, so like I was saying, Kamala at that point um, had a run. And actually it was, it was fairly successful in terms of he had some big matches with guys like RVD when yeah. a whole string of matches with RVD, uh, had a whole bunch of wins. Um, don't know, I guess they stopped using him, but he got squashed by Spike Dudley. It was uh, 23 seconds, actually. Are you serious? Just a kick and a Dudley death drop. Crowd goes wild. They're starting to fall in love with Spike. Bigelow did good by him. He really helped put him over. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that famous visual, one of ECW's big ones, where he goes crowd surfing. Bigelow picks yeah, him yeah, up, yeah, 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 press, yeah, yeah. throws him into the crowd. None of that, I believe, would have been possible if Spike Dudley hadn't had some big wins uh, over some uh, much bigger opponents like Uganda. Um, I think as a character work, Kamala 2 was never up to what Kamala was. But, I mean, having Kamala in this one and getting squashed too would have been uh, really funny. This was on ECW on TNN. A lot of people have problems, especially, you know, hardcore ECW fans with acknowledging the ECW on TNN run. I liked it. That was my first exposure to ECW um, back in uh, probably 99 when I first started watching it. And um, although ECW themselves really hated the, 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 the whole thing too, the, the ECW on TNN episodes, it gave people visibility and I was able to go back and appreciate some of their history and some of their first uh, start before it got on TNN. Um, the show itself also had two crazy matches and Mike Awesome defending the ECW world title against Two Cold Scorpio. Really? Yeah. 
Uh, now this this is from when exactly? Uh, this is uh, oh did I I don't know if I mentioned it. It's the 16th episode on ECW on TNN, taped on December 2nd, aired on December 10th of 1999. All right, cool. Yeah, and so Tuco Scorpio obviously had a great run in ECW. Yeah, uh, teamed with the Sandman uh, at many points. He mm-hmm. wrestled a, a lot of the upper talent. Had some great matches with guys like uh, Dean Malenko. Uh, uh, I want to say Eddie, Dean Malenko, Eddie Guerrero. Um, on both sides, had that um, famous match with the Steiners as well. And uh, the main event of that show was Just Incredible versus Sandman. Uh, so, yeah. So, Jim Harris was not Uganda, was not Giant Kamala 2, who Giant Kamala 2 was the Botswana Beast. He was, uh, I think there was a Ben Peacock somewhere in there, had a bunch of different characters. But important in terms of if you're a big Spike Dudley fan, if you're an ECW on TNN fan, if you're, if you're a Bam Bam Bigelow fan, if you're an ECW fan overall, Important, I think, as a quirky little side note that, yes, little 105, 110-pound Spike Dudley was squashing some big opponents. Go check it out, YouTube. The whole thing will last way longer than this review of it, but a bunch of fun tad- tidbits. And, uh, yeah, long live VCW. Those have been the doctor's orders. So that was very interesting take on another very interesting match. We're going to take another quick commercial break. When we come back, I did an interview earlier today with the current NWA British Commonwealth champion, Dom Boulanger. Dominator Dom Boulanger calls into the show right after the break on CKDJ champion that's correct yeah exactly yeah right. so the first question that i have for you today um that match against alex north came up at uh, the torture chamber gala de Lutte contre cancer back in just at the beginning of june the first question that i have what was yeah. that match specifically like uh, I can hear you uh, clearly. Can you repeat that, please? Yeah. So I was just asking uh, what your thoughts were and sort of what that match against Alex North back on the 9th of June was like when you where you won the belt. Well, uh, first of all, it was a big uh, big build-up. You know, it was uh, um, at the beginning of the season uh, when we started Showcase Sunday. Actually, I think it was maybe the first or second show where I had... Uh, a match for the contender, the, not the contendership, but for the belt itself, because uh, Antonio Torsi was the champion back then, needed to uh, to uh, surrender the title because of injuries, so uh, the title became vacant. So uh, I was uh, technically the number one contender, but Alex Lord challenged me, and uh, he, with his, his experience, uh, managed to uh, make me put my uh, contendership on the line. 
and that contendership match became the title match. So uh, I was uh, very confident that I had my chance to win it, but unfortunately, uh, some guys uh, from uh, from our school actually attacked the, the Mercedes brothers. Uh, they interfered in the match, and uh, yeah, they kind of cost me my chance. So. After that, it was like the chase and the climb back, uh, and the, the culmination point was actually on the June 9th. So it was a man incredible moment. Uh, and like just winning the title itself, it's a very prestigious title, and uh, just the build up and the weight and every, like the chase, it, it just made it even more crazy, you know? Right. Now, just looking back at some of the past title holders of the NWA British Commonwealth Champion. One that comes up a lot on the list is your trainer, your past trainer, Drew Onyx. What's it been like working yeah. under him with uh, Torture Chamber? Well, uh, first of all, I would say it's been a blessing because uh, uh, without him, I would not have had all the, the, the opportunities that I've had, you know, uh, right. because he saw my, my, my heart, my hard work and dedication, and you uh, he, he rewarded that. Uh, more often than not, with with opportunities like the WWE tryout or uh, the shot at the NWA British Commonwealth Championship. So, uh, and I've learned so much, and I keep on learning on a daily basis. Because for those who don't know, I keep I keep training at the the, the torture chamber because I believe that what brought me to the dead was uh, his expertise and uh, his, his, his uh, teaching. So I, I don't see how I would stop that. So uh, yeah, so it's been a blessing from uh, beginning to, to now. Right. Now, Torture Chamber has been more or less where you've been wrestling for most of your career. Is that, I'm assuming that's correct? Yeah, uh, I've been uh, also to a couple other federations, uh, uh, you know, just to uh, put my name out a bit. Right. But, yeah, mostly to mostly torture, torture Chamber, just because uh, the way I'm treated over there, the, the, like he has the... Like Drew has a bigger picture vision of uh, of uh, it's not about me, it's not about uh, any individuals. It's really about the team, and this is what I like over there. It's like there's a there's a build up, and then and uh, there's a direction we could work away to, you know. Right. Now, Drew Onyx, as a trainer himself, is definitely, like, there's, I'm going back on your uh, Cage Match website here, there's, you had a run in 2016 as the FCL champion as well. What was that championship run, and then you've got a couple of defenses against Drew Onyx here. Those matches there, what were those ones like? Well, uh... FTL to like other than Chamber, uh, the Federation Canadian de Lutte, FTL, uh, they're the first one to really give me a chance to believe in me, believe in my potential as a mm-hmm. as a main event caliber uh, performer. So uh, they they finally uh, they, they had the title vacant too. So I, I won it in a battle four way, I believe, at the beginning of the. Uh, of their season in uh, 2015, and uh, like I, I think I won that title at my third match ever. So it was like a big chip on my shoulder because people were were expecting me to be the champ and represent. And uh, Drew told me it's like it's not the best thing for a rookie to win a belt right away, but he's like we're gonna make it work uh, by you working with me and everything. So once again, he was really responsible for me. Uh, you know, uh, being legend as a, as a performer and as a champ, I believe. And uh, that title really meant a lot for me because it was my first one. And uh, I kind of uh, 
uh, some pride in, in, in putting prestige back in that title, and I finally dropped it, uh, I believe, in 616 days later uh, to Max Six and uh, right. uh, Yeah, but I had a, I had a couple of defenses against uh, against Drew. Like uh, one that I really remember was was a crazy match over there, and uh, I I think the, the fans really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Now, with guys coming out, you just recently, actually, back in uh, February, you were given a WWE tryout because of your relationship with Torture Chamber. Now, with guys like Drew Onyx having that relationship with the Performance Center down in Orlando, what do you think that that's going to mean for future for future wrestlers coming out of Torture Chamber to have such a chance like that? Uh, I would say it depends because the words given uh, are really, uh, you know, are, are not, I think, are not the proper words here because Drew, uh, yeah, he, he will try and, and do the best for his students, but at the same time, let's not forget that he has a reputation that he built with WWE, and uh, uh, I believe that it, it is really important that if he sends someone over there, that that person represents and uh, not only represents, but, uh, you know, perform because that's what it's all about. Uh, it's one thing to go over there, uh, go through that tryout and not make too much waves and and, 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 and that's it. But, uh, like, the, the thing is, uh, when he, he actually uh, gave me the news that I would be able to attend a WWE tryout, uh, he told me, he specifically chose me to be the first representative from the school and that i took i took it to, to art because it's like it, he put all his trust in me to represent him and the school and all my peers so uh yeah it's really like it's not that much about uh being at the torture chamber but it's really more about dedication hard work and being relentless i think that these are the things that uh, uh are gonna make uh, someone maybe beneficiate from that relationship like you said uh yeah Right. Now you mentioned the hard work, the dedication, and taking it, taking everything to heart. Over the course of the past couple of weeks, as we've been trying to set this interview up, I have been watching a lot of your matches, and that's definitely the one thing that I see coming through, is I can see that you've been working, because you're fairly new to the wrestling scene, and I can already see through there that you're coming through as definitely one of the hardest working guys coming out of the Quebec scene. Is there anybody that you're trying to model your style of wrestling and style of being who you are after? Did you have any big inspirations almost? Well, uh, obviously you need to emulate the ones that you, uh, the performers that you like, the performers that you, you, you would like to be like. But at the same time, I'm really trying to brand myself as myself. Like I am, I am Don Bourage. This is who I am and this is what I'm trying to, to brand, you know, through uh, social media, through uh, through my matches and everything, but of course I have uh, examples of, of people that that I'm trying to emulate. Uh, growing up, I had uh, I had the chance to watch because I kind of started uh, watching uh, wrestling pretty late. Uh, I started around 12, 13 years old, and uh, by by that time it was uh, mostly you know Triple H, uh, Randy Orton, uh, Batista, all those guys. But I would say that I really like the intensity of Triple H. Uh, the, the kind of a superhero uh, side of John Cena, the smoothness of Randy Orton, of course, The Rock also. So all those guys, I'm trying to pick some things that they do, but make it my own. And, you know, it's all about presence, I believe. And, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm just trying to, to be bigger than nature as much as I could. And at the same time, 
uh, being humble because uh, in the end, it's not about us that much. It's about the fans, and I'm trying to, to you know, uh, carry on that message and that that thinking that I have. So. Right. You're, yeah, I'm sorry. You're just, are you, you're probably one of my favorite wrestlers coming out of the Quebec scene right now. And it's only a matter of time before we see you moving on to the next level. Now, last question before I let you go here, because I know you're probably a little crunched for time. What's next for Don Boulanger? Well, um, obviously, we never know what the future may have in store, but right. uh, uh, it's no secret that, that my goal is WWE. It's, it's been uh, ever since I started at the, at the school, at the torture chamber, it was the first thing that I said. And I didn't say that lightly because I do know and I do understand uh, the sacrifices that are needed. And it's, uh, it's a lifetime. And it's not something that you just say. And then, and uh, like Jim Carrey already said, it's not something that you ask and then you go eat a sandwich. You've got, you've got to put your boots in and put the work, and this is what, what I'm trying to do each and every day. I'm not trying to cheating the grind or, or take shortcuts. I'm just trying to work hard and uh, earn everything that, uh, that I want and I aspire to. So, uh, of course, WWE is my next goal, but uh, on the short term, I would like to uh, be the best representative for the, uh, the, the NWA uh, title because, for me, it's a big deal. I believe in that belt uh, really much, and I want to make sure that the prestige of that belt keeps on... Uh, uh, keeps on uh, being uh, as high as it is. Right. Well, if you keep on doing what you're doing, then there's definitely there's definitely high chances that the NWA British Commonwealth Championship becomes even more prestigious than it already is. All right. Dominator Dom Boulanger, thank you for finally calling into the show. It's nice to get this uh, finally set up and done here. Uh, anytime, man. Anytime. Yeah, all right. Thanks, man. Have a good one. Thank you. You too. Bye now. Hey, this is Bob Backlund. You're looking at Wrestling With Ideas. Hey guys, this is Flip Gordon, and you are listening to Wrestling With Ideas. Look in the sky, when you fly on the man ride. I see you try, but you're running and you can't, I know. Welcome back inside the CKDJ studios right here for Wrestling With Ideas on CKDJ 107.9 Ottawa's new music. You guys already know who it is. It's Colin the Music Man Scully here. And this Saturday marks a very exciting time for wrestling fans and more specifically marks a very exciting time for wrestling fans, international wrestling fans, shall we say. This Saturday marks the second annual G1 special in USA for the New Japan Pro Wrestling G1 Climax. Now, this year's G1 Climax is going to be very, very interesting. We've got some good matches here. Now, let's, um, I'll take a look. I'm looking at a little thing here saying who is in this. So, let's just go and look at a list of who exactly is going to be in this year's show. So, in Block A this year, we've got Michael Elgin, Evil, Bad Luck Fale, Togi Makabe, former winner of the G1 Climax, Kazuchika Okada, Hangman Page, Minoru Suzuki, 
another former winner in Hiroshi Tanahashi, Jay White, and Yoshihashi. Now, that might seem that might seem exciting, but then you look at the second one. Then you've got Hiroki Goto, Kota Ibushi, Tomohiro Ishi, Tomohiro Ishi, Tetsuya Naito, Kenny Omega, Juice Robinson, Zack Sabre Jr., Sonata, Tamatanga, and Toriyano. If you were to ask me who I thought would win this, you can't re- see. Here's the thing: is you can't really predict who is going to win the G1 Climax every year. Now, last year we saw Tetsuya Naito win. But if you were to ask me right now, just based off of who I think, because keep in mind, I've not been watching New Japan for all that long. But just looking at, based off, based off of what I've seen, um, I'm either going to go with someone like a Kenny Omega winning this, just, just to create some more storyline. But if you were to ask me who my dark horse to win this is, I would go with Jay White. I know it's his first time, like Hamman Page and Jay White, this is their first time competing in the G1 Climax. But uh, there are some matches here that are quite that are kind of interesting to look at in terms of who is like. So let's look at some of the key matchups here. You've got Kazuchika Okada versus Jay White on the 14th. On the 15th, you've got Kenny Omega versus Tetsuya Naito. The 16th, you've got Tanahashi versus White. 19th, Goto versus Omega. 20th, Okada versus Page. 21st, there's a there, there's a big list here of a bunch of big matches that are going to be happening. Now, again, if you were to ask me who my dark horse is to win, I would definitely have to go with Hangman or uh, Ad- Jay White. Now, that is going to wrap things up here on this week's episode of Wrestling With Ideas. Thank you guys for listening. If you guys have any questions for next week's episode of the show, make sure to get those in as soon as you can. I have been the Music Man. You can follow me at CD underscore the Music Man. You can follow Wrestling With Ideas at Wrestling With Ideas. You can tweet us there. You can follow us on Instagram at Wrestling With Ideas. You can like Wrestling With Ideas on Facebook. You can also like my page called Music Man Colin Scully. Thank you guys for listening. And as always, have a good one. Broadcasting at 1079 from Ottawa, Ontario. This is CKDJ FM. CK DJ News. From the National Newsroom of the Canadian Press, I'm Roger Ward. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau met in Toronto today with new Ontario Premier Doug Ford. 